Hello, everyone, and welcome to Show Hoppers. Today we're, we are covering The Leftovers, Season 2, Episode 9, 1013. I am Mr. Sal, a science teacher. I am here with, form, with Kurt, a former student. Kurt, hello. I am Kurt, the former student of Mr. Sal, the science teacher. He currently is. <laughs> this is my third time watching through The Leftovers. This is Kurt's first time watching through The Leftovers. And I have to say, Kurt is loving it. <laughs> I'm the last, what did I give the last three episodes? Two episodes in a row, no, 10 out of 10. Two episodes or three? Just two. Uh, okay. The previous one was, was Lens. So. Oh yeah, Lens was really not that great, yeah. <laughs> Lens wasn't that good. Yeah, I, I, so you say. <laughs> but uh, I've given three episodes in a row, 10 out of 10. Unsurprisingly. Uh, Unsurprised, yeah, no surprises there. So, anyway, uh, we are on the penultimate episode of the Leftover season two. I cannot believe it. It's flown by. It's really flown by. It really has. Next episode is the finale. We also give another digit of your social security number. <gasps> Stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. I forgot all about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for the finale. Yep. I don't want to say anything else because I want you to try to guess my score. Yeah, okay, good. Let's let's let me let me t- talk through what I think you did this episode. So, all right, I have to I have to go back in, in my my spreadsheet of your previous rankings because I think that that could become important. Have you all tried right. the plotting a formula between my rankings and your rankings to see if you could figure out some sort of trend? No. Okay. No. Sorry. Does that disappoint you? Yeah. You could you could have like my actual ranks like your guess of my ranking, your ranking, and then my actual ranking, and then maybe somewhere in the, the mishmash of numbers you can come out with predictions. I don't know. I've been all over the map. And and the IMDB rating, the actual rating. Hmm. That's true. And what Dave Week it is. Actually, I let's look at the IMDB rating for this particular episode. Okay. Okay. So this this uh this episode ten thirteen. Kind of eight point eight. Eight point eight. Okay. So we're we're talking about about a nine, but it's sandwiched in between a nine point seven and a nine point six. Okay. Eight point eight is um it's there are two episodes ranked lower than this. Uh, and the lens one of them? No. <laughs> uh, Off-Ramp and Access Mundi. So episode one and episode three. Uh, so here's, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that you watched this episode and you... We're excited to see Meg because you, you're you're a fan of Meg, I think. But <laughs> okay, let's ask. Where did you think I'm a fan of Meg? I you kept talking about her for a while. You're like, I hope Meg comes back. They're bringing Meg back, right? And then they did an off ramp. So I'm not sure that you anticipated seeing her again. But and I didn't tell you that this was a Meg episode, so that would have been a surprise to you. Uh, I remember what I was feeling at, at this point when I watched this for the first time. I think that 
there's no possible way coming off those previous two episodes, a 10 and another 10, that this episode wasn't deflating for you. So I'm going to say you gave this a seven. Very interesting. I gave it an eight. An eight. Yeah, it was a close. little bit better. Better. Better, though. Yeah. Better than a six. Yes. Yes. You you liked it more than Lens somehow inexplicably. <laughs> inexplicably. Oh, did, it, we, did we watch the same episode? Uh, we We did. <laughs> Are you talking about Lens or this one? Lens. Lens yeah. is clearly worse than this episode. I, 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 don't, I don't know how I don't know how you can say that. But, but okay, this this episode for me, well, well, I mean, I've kind of tipped my hand here. What, what do you think I gave this episode? Don't you only ever give them nines and eight, tens? Nines and tens with one eight in the entire series. Really? One eight in the whole series. Wait, you mean the whole season or the whole series? The series. All three seasons. I, mean, I don't feel like going and checking what you gave the BG and the AC. Everything in season one was nine or ten. And everything so far this season has been nine or ten. No, see, I really feel like I'm supposed to be telling you that this was an eight. But I... Actually, didn't you tell me that you're least... That, like the Eight. This is my least favorite episode of the What? Yeah. Really? It is. Yes, this is the only episode that I have of the leftovers that I have given an eight to, and I don't think it's like the greatest episode of the leftovers, but I think it's better than some in this season alone. Well, yeah, you've ranked it ahead of two in this season: Lens and Axis Mundi, which I vehemently vehemently disagree on. Here's here's the thing, though: it's not a bad episode, and I think. If this episode had been in like season one, I would have been head over heels in love with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the bar in the last two episodes has been set so high, and I'm so invested in that story. I just don't care about what's going on with Meg and Tommy. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> and that's one reason why I gave it a notch. That's that's the reason why I gave it, you know, a notch down. But besides that, I mean, this sets up this sets up my storyline for Matt. And Tommy, <laughs> you know, they're back, baby, and they're okay. they're raising in to uh, Jarden. Okay, maybe with Meg as well, but okay. Well, I so here here's the other part of this. This makes me very excited for the finale too, though. I'm oh, very excited. An excellent setup episode for the finale. Like the the finale benefits so much. From the this episode being here, there's so much. Is the finale still like about an hour long? I I, I don't know because there's so much I can do. Like I know there's the John stuff. Like he still got Kevin's palm. Yeah, Kevin, like Kevin and Nora. I don't know if they're gonna skip them seeing each other. Lori was in their house last we saw with Jill. Still haven't got anything on that. Uh, obviously Kevin and Mike. Just the whole thing of him getting out of the yep. ground. Uh, now at the end of this episode. Uh, a lot of other storylines like Tom is not Tommy's now in the area. Yep. Meg's close by. We yep. saw Matt again. No, he's alive. Good, good, good to know. And more importantly, Most I don't. I don't think. I don't think. Did I? Did I ever say she departed? Did no. I, I held strong. I held strong. Said she did not depart. I you held were, strong. You were Nora the whole way through. There you go. So, what am I to say? 
and, and I totally agree. It, the, I can't not tell you how much more I love the finale because of this episode. But I don't like this episode nearly as much as anything else in the last verse. That's what gets me. The, yeah. I, I understand that the other two episodes prior to this yep. were wonderful. Yep. And that's one reason why I, this gets demerits. But besides that, I think this is another like great episode. It is. It's a very good just episode. Not, just not on the tier wise of the last two, but definitely better than Lens. The only, the only thing. Monday. Oh my god! All right. <laughs> but the the only thing that I will say is that I, I we I think you need to be careful um, lauding this episode too much because it has a fantastic last ten minutes. The last ten minutes are so good. All with uh, Matt and Megan talking, and the conversation between Meg and Matt, and then the bombshell secret that Tommy comes yeah. across. Like really, like so good. Mm. But the bottom line for me is, like, I don't want a Meg story right now. <laughs> we have seen her for literally two and a half minutes in this entire season. This is my. This is my take on this i'd rather have a meg story over a nora story i know you would see i told you see you're a meg fan i, I know just... i wouldn't say myself i'm a meg fan i just don't like nora all that i mean i don't dislike her but meg's more interesting of a character than nora is to you me. Gotta, i gotta tell you I'm, I'm a little worried because i think you may not like the entirety of season three because <laughs> it, it is very um like nora is almost the main character of season three so yes. i kind of still the main character but he and Nora are like co-main characters in season three, so <laughs> so we'll see how what you think of that. But the, but this episode, I just I was so deflated watching it. I was like, I had just watched what I considered to be the most ambitious and creative, unlike anything I've ever seen on television before, episode of television, and then the next episode. There is exactly zero follow up to that episode. That 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 episode is. Do they do they ever show that to like students to teach them? I guess you got to watch the leftovers to really get it though. Like that is that's an amazing episode. I know it's <laughs> a really good episode. I think that, back to it. It's great. That's that's why I say like International Assassin is widely considered by by many respected film critics to or television critics to be the best or one of the best episodes of television ever made. And so I, you know, I, I guess I kind of think of this episode as the sacrificial lamb because something had to follow that. Mm-hmm. And so what they put in there was uh, largely a Tommy story, which they know kind of stink. I love Tommy now. Oh. I, like, I like the Tommy story. I've been waiting for it. I'm, I'm happy to see this. And it makes me more excited for the finale because I was worried about how they would do the finale over two episodes. From last episode, I was wondering, like, oh, gotcha. John knows, so, you know, how are they going to do Is, is he going to find out in the next episode? Then they're going to have something else for the finale. But that, yeah. you know, that gets rid of that worry in my head because this episode had nothing to do with them. And in nope. fact, kind of introduces another conflict that they're going to have to deal with in the finale. Yep. And the finale, by the way, is an hour and 13 minutes. An hour and 13. Okay, so it is somewhat longer. Yeah, a little bit. So, so uh, you know, roughly 25% longer. I, I, are we ever going to have the landlord Victor again? No, I'm sorry. Victor's gone. Okay. 
When when will we see the reveal of like between the three Dean Amy twins? Uh, do you want me to answer that question? No. Okay. No. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. You made me question it too much. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Dean Amy twins. Yeah. We haven't yet, but okay. So uh, so anyway, I, I don't want to get too down on this episode. I do like this episode a lot. I just like it less than anything else in the series, and that's. I think that's criminal. BJ and the AC is certainly worse than this. Like, I think I, 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 you, you may be right. You may be absolutely right. Um, that this is a better episode than BJ and the AC. Okay. But I like BJ and the AC more. Okay. Because they're crazy. Okay. <laughs> you just called yourself crazy there. The reason I like this episode less is because of where it's placed. I, I understand that. I am teasing you, but I understand yeah. that. And all. As the series goes on, you expect it to kind of get better and whatnot, or maybe uh, you get a bit spoiled. I understand that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those those last two episodes are just so incredible, like jaw droppingly, mind blowingly incredible. And then we get not even a passing reference to anything that happened in them. Oh, I take that back. Tommy leaving Lori. Yeah, we see Lori again. There you go. Okay, so that that's that is as and close... they talk about Kevin. Okay, <laughs> that's true. They do. <laughs> so, uh, so that's that's my source of disappointment. This, like this, uh, this is not a bad episode. It's just a disappointing one to me. It's just deflating. Having said that, like the last ten minutes are spectacular. Like as soon as Meg goes leaves Tommy and goes into the encampment, like from that point forward, just gold. It's really good. Yeah. I also want to say, you know how they have the recaps before the episode begins? Yeah. Yeah, so in the recaps, it showed Meg. I was like, oh, she's back, baby, right? There we go. And then they showed Tommy and someone, oh, he's yeah. coming too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I didn't think they'd be the main characters of this episode. Right. It's funny that, that you, like, I didn't, wasn't sure if you were getting the previously ons. Usually I uh, skip them. You, do you? Normally, yeah. Right. Because I, I don't even have them because I'm watching it on a Blu-ray. But what are you are you chuckling at the fact that I have physical media in my house? No. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so I watch it on a Blu-ray, so there there isn't the previously on, uh, and there's no next on. Do you have the next on as well? No. It doesn't give you a next on when I you mean, I just I just leave. Oh, you just stop. Yeah, I just stop. Gotcha. That's discipline, man. I don't know how you do that. That all gets spoiled. That's, that's I mean, good for you. It's not. It's not discipline. It's fear. I'm. I'm pretty proud of myself. I have to say, for concealing the fact that this was a mega episode and my least favorite episode of the series. Probably. I. I think I'll do a better job on Lost. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You won't know my least favorite until it hits you. Let me. Let me just drop a, a Lost reference in here. This episode to me is the lostiest episode so far <laughs> because it, it's it's that same feeling of frustration that you know we Visual, just yeah beautiful this amazing hurley episode and then we get no hurley except for him making fun of sawyer for one line in the next episode yeah amazing charlie episode no charlie yeah. in the next yeah. you're saying. 
that's that's you know that's the that's why I call this the lostiest episode. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, want to start going through it? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. So we there's no cold open again, and I don't remember if that's a trend that continues or not. But there isn't a cold open here. It just starts with the opening credits. The first scene we get is Meg snorting coke in the bathroom. So do they show that she's snorting coke? Yeah. No. Like they just you just hear her snorting and then sniffling. Right. Yeah. That, so I I I made note. So I, my note was someone's throwing coke, and then showed Meg. I'm like, oh, never mind. Just Meg sniffling. <laughs> well, but <laughs> later snorting. Yeah, yeah. Later we actually do see. I was like, oh wait, that was coke she's doing before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it turns out that she needs this coke to get through lunch with her mom. So interestingly, like the the driving force behind Meg's next what four years at this point. Mm-hmm. is the death of her mother and she doesn't even seem to really like her mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or maybe she just really likes Coke. You might really like Coke. Like maybe, maybe she does more Coke normally and she's like lower to the amount she's doing Okay. her mom. So maybe. I, 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 to look at that. I always read this as she needs the Coke just to get through. I like, see you're a glass half empty kind of guy. I definitely am. <laughs> <laughs> but and i think it kind of that kind of is borne out in her attitude and interactions with her mother yeah certainly i i agree with you i think you are right she's slugging through this oh yeah for sure and uh, it's in you know it's, it's interesting to think about the idea of everything she does she joins the guilty remnant she like throws a grenade out of bus full of school children and it's all because of the death of her mother who she doesn't even really want to be having lunch with but i think that what we can surmise out of this is the the concept of guilt coming back again and again and again so much of this series is about guilt and i think we're we're seeing it again here she it's it's not so much that her grief was hijacked, which is what Matt has always said, that her grief was hijacked because her mother died the day before the departure. It's more that her mother died and she was in the bathroom snorting coke to get away from her mother when it happened. And I've always read this as it's more Meg's guilt than it is the hijacking of her grief that causes her to do what she does. That what makes you, more. Yeah, I agree with that. I didn't think she, her grief was all that hijacked. Well, I, I understand how her grief could have been hijacked, but I don't think that's what affected her. Right. I, I think it definitely has to do more with grief. And also the environment she lives in now, now that 2% of the population disappeared and other mm-hmm. people are also grieving, you know. Mm-hmm. It breeds uh, whatever has happened now in <laughs> the guilty remnant and her yeah. plans for miracle so you think it has more to do with her grief or you think it has more to do with her guilt oh sorry uh guilt, guilt. Yeah. yeah i do i do too i do too so uh getting back to this conversation the mother wants to pay for the wedding meg doesn't want her to do that and she she tells Meg, that you are the most relentless person I've ever known. 
when you have a cause, there's no stopping you. And this is very intentional. Oh, yeah. Because this is what we have observed from Meg, uh, especially uh, in her one scene so far this season. But what we are what we're about to observe is exactly this. This is Meg latching onto a cause, letting no one, including the, the organizers of that cause, stop her and uh, showing how just how relentless she is. Crystal can't stop talking. Yeah, oh. Unlike the last time like the last time we saw her with Lori yep. kept talking and now now she's off the chain. Oh yeah. She's just giving up she's giving up on that creed. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I don't know if you remember me saying this, but in that episode where she kept talking to Lori and Lori was getting so frustrated and eventually ended up slapping violence her. Is, violence shows weakness, right? But, right. Lori did say that to her, violence is weakness. But I, I did keep mentioning that Meg seems to be a different breed, a different brand of the Guilty Remnant. Definitely, yeah not subscribing to the pacifism she's not subscribing to the vow of silence and we see it played out in all its glory in this episode what do you call this new guilty remnant like meg's guilty remnant yeah um yeah what would you what would you call it i mean it's it's an offshoot of the guilty remnant and still they have some of the rituals of the guilty remnant but i mean they're not dressing in white necessarily uh they kind of more like i don't know they're more like a domestic terrorism group almost yeah seriously i mean meg's yeah meg's talking but the other ones really aren't maybe the mgr meg's guilty remnant i mean that's really what it is it's like um yeah it's a more violent guilty remnant yeah it definitely is i'm trying to think of an organization that has a violent offshoot like a, a relatively peaceful organization that has a violent offshoot I'm, I'm, not, I'm not thinking of anything right now but you know that that's that's what we're witnessing here this is like an offshoot of the guilty remnant yeah but but at any rate she she uh the, the mother talks about how she left it, she let her pay for boots a while back uh and meg says well i'll, I'll pay you back for the boots and she says she asks for the date as the thirteenth, and and the mother says, "Oh, but it's bad luck to date it the thirteenth. Date it tomorrow," which is ironic. It's I mean, it's a way to drop what date we're on, mm-hmm. you know, so that we know this is the day before the departure. Yeah. But it's also you know a little. Interesting that she thinks that today, you know, the thirteenth was was unlucky. She wants to end up. She wants to date it on what the date that ends up being the departure date. That's unlucky for her. So that is unlucky, for sure. And the mother wants to tell her something, but Meg needs to go use the the bathroom again. Which I mean, what is this? Not even like four minutes, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, she just left the bathroom, came back, got to go again. <laughs> so this is, but the mother's allowing it. She's going for it. And and I don't know if Meg just has her duped or the mother knows exactly what she's doing and is kind of rolling her eyes at it. I don't know. But regardless, Meg uh, makes, her, makes her wait until she gets back from the bathroom 
where she is not really going to the bathroom or to, not using the toilet. She is going to snort more coke. And when she comes back, she finds mom collapsed on the floor. We know that she died because Matt told us she died in season one. Yeah. Did you remember that? I remembered it once Once she said, uh, once I realized it was the day before the departure. It's like, day before the departure? What's yep. significant about that? Does she depart? And I'm like, oh, wait, no. Meg's, like, mom died. Oh, yeah, she died the day before that. Like, I, I, I remember them bringing up the departure date and how it's the day before I remembered that this is. Yeah, because that, that episode, I think that was Cairo, actually. Cairo? I think it was Cairo where where Meg is uh, just violently attacking Matt for handing out the flyers that say Megan come home. And, and remember Lori, Remember when uh, Lori brings her over to Matt's house to make her apologize? <laughs> and, and Matt explains to us that, we, you know, I understand your grief was hijacked. Your mother died the day before the departure. So we did know all this. We had this information, even if we didn't remember it. Uh, but it was there. And we're seeing it now. We're seeing it how it actually played out. You know, so, oh, I, I forgot to mention that she ordered a salad uh, with no walnuts and the salad came out with oh, it. Yeah. And she sent it back. Uh, of course, that, that is important. It does become important. It does become important. <laughs> yeah, like maybe very important later. <laughs> so, so we do need to remember that she ordered the salad with walnuts and then sent it back. Anyway, right from there, the next, the very next scene is more, it's not present day, but it's, it's later. It's a year later. Uh, I think it's a year later. Just a year or two later. No, it's two years later since her mom died. That's what she tells Isaac. Okay. Yeah. Two years since her mom died. So a year before we meet Meg. Yeah. Right. Okay. Just about. And it's where she's on the bus to get into miracle. It's interesting because we're seeing miracle in the early days. Yeah. Uh, the, the Rangers get on the bus and say, we've only been open for a couple months and they're very cordial and <laughs> they're not sick of it. Yeah. They're like, okay, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're talking about the audio tour. Um, and Meg and her uh, fiance, take the audio tour and they they talk about a gas explosion in the sewers on departure day which we saw in mapleton mm-hmm. we saw a gas explosion which is odd why why is that happening around yeah i don't know uh yeah nothing i, I like to imagine you know like homer simpson yes the simpsons and he, he prevents nuclear reactor from exploding yes that's his whole job is like is it is that someone's job that you sit there and you have to like hit a button to prevent the gas lines from exploding and just they just so happen to depart why i just don't understand i think maybe you've actually hit the nail on the head i don't know (laughs) (laughs) no there's a joke on that there's no one that has a job whose sole job is to sit there and hit a button to stop it like you would just you could make a computer do that yes you're right you're right i i that's maybe, something I can, that's what it makes me think of at least now. Maybe it's not that simple, but my guess is someone well no, because we saw the the gas line explosion in Mapleton before the departure happened. You're right. It was before I yeah. thought the departure happened. That's when we saw like the people in white dress up or not dress up, drive up. 
Right. Oh, were they dressed in white? I don't know. Dressed in white. They were just, you know, three random people. But Kevin was. Kevin was dressed in white. Exactly. So, yeah, and I think that this, I think that for some reason that, you know, Superline explosion is meant to be a precursor to the departure. And I, and I don't exactly know why, but uh, it did happen in Mapleton and in Jordan. And I that's, know, oh, I, I know people are researching with the MIT people uh, buying Nora's house and a lot yep. of crackpot theories. I think they should be checking these people that press the buttons and what happened to them prior to the departure. Thank if you, they right? were like the, you know, the, they were the first ones to go and then the departure happened. Like maybe they all died of heart attacks suddenly. Maybe that caused the departure. Maybe it did. Yeah. People just being lazy and not doing their job and mm. these gas guns exploding around the nation, around the world, probably the departure. Anyway, I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so on the audio, audio tour, there's the gas explosion. Uh, that's what the, that big, crack in the road is um there's also the the girl with the wedding dress who tried on her wedding dress that day and so now she's she goes and waters your lawn in the wedding dress every day and takes pictures with tourists how, how do you feel about if that was your gig i mean if you're one of those people at times square that or... is a gig i agree that i mean you stay home and water your lawn in a wedding dress that is what that is your gig yeah that's your gig yeah and people come to you and take photos with you I think it's. Uh, I'd take that gig. <laughs> I think they do. Do you ever wider your lawn? No, I think it's. I think it's. Okay, I, I want to be a little bit delicate about this uh, because I don't know who listens to this podcast and where. Um, I would never water my lawn. <laughs> I have neighbors that water their lawn. Are you kidding me? They have a sprinkler out, yeah. Water their lawn. Where we live? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll say though, their lawns are pristine, but I think it's just because they care a lot about their lawns, not because they water them. I mean, but, you know, so I always look at the watering of lawns in like more more arid climates, you know, bordering on desert. And yeah, I, like the like the uh, Midwest and whatever. Yeah, or like here, you know, we're in te- this is Texas, right? So, and I always think, you know, if you need to add water in order to get your grass to to stay green, grass probably isn't supposed to grow there. <laughs> but you want your house to look nice if you care about your grass. Listen, I hate uh, mowing my grass. Right? I, if I didn't have to have grass, mm-hmm. be a happier person. So that's interesting. I love mowing the lawn. It's my favorite. Household chore, mowing really? the lawn. Like, yeah. would you rather be mowing the lawn or rather not be mowing the lawn? Like, do you enjoy mowing the lawn? Is my question. I do. I enjoy mowing the lawn. You know what I do? I I listen to podcasts while I mow. <laughs> Fair enough. I I mean, I enjoy mowing the lawn more than other tasks. Mm-hmm. I'd rather wash the wash some dishes, maybe well, washed. Thank you. But I I don't I don't I I don't like shoveling snow. Yeah, Any snow work. Snow is the worst. But yeah, that's, that's that's my least favorite. Favorite is mowing. Least favorite, moving snow. Oh yeah, no, sucks. <laughs> I will say, get a plow shovel. You have a snowblower, right? Though I have a snowblower. Yep. Fancy man. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a pretty long driveway and a lot of. Uh, I actually have to snowblow a path through the yard, 
So you do have yeah, you do have a lot more to do than I do. I just have a plow sh- plow shovel. People, mm-hmm. I recommend you if you if you need a sh- if you don't want to get a snow plow or snow blower, I, I recommend a plow shovel. It does ah, I can shovel my driveway super quick with that. This is Kurt's recommendation of the day. Super super good, like life changing. I mean it. It like fourth the time it takes me or fifth. Like it's so quick. Especially especially if you do it before it starts getting too heavy. Then huh. it's too, you just push, 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 salt the hell out of it, come back, like push, push. Oh, so good. Anyway, now that I've gone about that. The plow shovel, that's what it's called. Yeah. Look at look you look at oh, plow shovels. So you get ones that have wheels on them. They're just made for instead of like scooping and like pick up, you just set it down and you push. Alright. It's like mowing the mowing the driveway. Literally, it's like doing that. So like you just plow shovel most of it, and then you can if you need to scoop shovel anything, it's like a certain part you can. But the way my driveway set up, I can just kind of go and just plow across, and then it'll all be gone. Like I just plow it up against one side, and then I'm good. And then I just plow shovel my pathway, and I'm good. And that's it. I can leave it be. Well, good for you. I barely have to use the scooping. I don't. It's not back breaking. You just set it down, push. Highly recommend. And this is, uh, is yours on wheels? No, I did not get a wheel. I think that's stupid. These are, these are expensive. I mean, yeah, I, I, rec- I, I don't remember. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm looking on Home Depot's website right now. It's pretty penny, like 50 bucks to 100 bucks, maybe. They have one here for 160. Okay, I didn't pay that much for my. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not pay that much, but I'd recommend buying yourself a nice polish shovel. Nice. Right. You have to deal with winters. But you gotta be on top of it. If the snow gets too thick, then then it then it's rough because then it doesn't like cut through the snow as well. Because you know then you're pushing a lot more snow. Yeah, that makes a few inches, you're good to go. Nice. All right, let's get back to the leftovers. <laughs> so <laughs> I hope I saved someone out there. Oh. Hey, if you can if you can save even one person, it was worth it. It was. So uh, Meg has made her way, unwit- unbeknownst to her fiance to Isaac's house who you know I, I think the, the implication here is that she does this quite a lot she sees psychics and palm readers and and so forth she's trying to get some answers about her mother's death uh, but this is two years after the departure and Meg wants to know from Isaac what she wanted to tell her because remember Meg's mother wanted to tell her something but Meg blew her off to go do blow wow what a pun (laughs) that was on the spot man that was pretty good I have to pat my own back on that one but Isaac tries to tell her that she's going to be disappointed because people don't usually have deep profound last words especially when they're not on their deathbed which that makes sense I mean have you ever known anybody on their deathbed no no okay well I, I mean I've, I've known a few people and everything they say is, a, is with intent, knowing that this could be the last thing they say to me. Fair enough. That is you know, pretty high stakes. Yeah. yeah th- this is a different story. Meg's mother did not know she was going to die. So Isaac tries to warn her that you're probably going to be disappointed because it's probably just some mundane nonsense. Mr. Sal, I have a question for you now. It's a bit morbid. I think that's Okay. If you're on your deathbed, are you going to make sure like every last sentence you say is a banger? No, I mean, not like jaw-dropping. <laughs> like, not, not necessarily. I feel like I would. 
not necessarily inspirational, but I, I would make sure that, and you know, honestly, Kurt, we should do this all the time because your life can be taken from you at any time. Yeah, that's too hard to come mm-hmm. up with like great but last I, words. Try to make sure before I or that you know when I say goodbye to, or goodnight to somebody. You know, when my kids go to bed, I do not want the last thing that they hear from me before they go to bed to be like, "Oh my God, will you just go to bed?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't want that to be the last thing that they hear from me. So I always try to make sure that the last thing they hear is I love you and good night. Um, and same thing when we leave for school in the morning or when we, you know, leave for a trip or whatever, I always try to make sure that the, the last thing that they hear me say, and my wife too, uh, before we part ways for any reason is something nice and affectionate and kind and not something aggressive and, and angry. It's really thoughtful. But, I thought of it that way. Yeah, because I, I mean, the, like, I, I think I think about Lens when when Nora asks Erica, "What's the last thing that she said to you, or what's the last thing you said to her?" And Erica doesn't remember. And and same thing with with uh, Erica when she throws it back at Nora. And I and I think about that all the time. Like, if this is the last thing I say to to these people, I want it to. I want them to remember it being something said with love. And, and so. I, I, I try to do that. And I try to even on the, on the way out of class, say something nice to my students too. You know, I don't want the last thing they hear from me on their way out the door to be, and will you please do your homework on time? Like I, I, that that could be a nice sentence if you said it in the right tone. I, but I wouldn't. (laughs) so so i I do try to i i do really try to make that effort but on my deathbed i would say yeah i'm going to be very careful about the things that i say always with having in the back of my mind that this might be the last thing that this person hears me say so Mm -hmm. anyway um but again i think that we should try to live more like that every day and it's and it's not perfect there are definitely times when i don't do that but uh when i don't do that I mean, I feel really awful and I, I try very hard to uh, make it up to that person somehow. Wow. That is, that's impressive, Mr. Sal. I never yeah. thought of, that is, huh. I'll think about that. I don't know. Well, a lot of this is because one of my dominant emotions is guilt. And so, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I don't want that guilt. Like, I, I don't want that. Um, Anyway, yeah. So, but uh, but Isaac tries to warn her. This was this is this is not going to be some inspirational haiku or something. <laughs> this is this is going to be you know just something mundane and everyday normal stuff. And Meg calls BS on him. She doesn't believe him. I think she literally says BS. Yeah, yeah, she does. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but he gets her attention back when he mentions the walnuts. Ah. Uh. So I'm trying to think if there's any way Isaac could have figured this out without Meg telling her. I I can't imagine how. And really the only there's only a few ways I can think of this. If Meg made an appointment with Isaac prior and Isaac like contacted someone that would know this. Like called 
someone else close to him. Meg's mom. Yeah, because the only people who know about this are Meg and the server. Yeah. I well, I, I don't know how like if like if, I don't know if she came like remember the lady that returned her walnut salad. And it's, I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other. Maybe it was in like the news article. I don't know why they put that in the news article. I I I would be very skeptical that it was in a news article. Well, here here's how it could be a news article, right? The waitress returns with now. So they start interviewing the waitress who saw the mother collapse. Yeah, I was trying to. I ah, I just seen her. She asked me to return her with a salad without walnuts. When I came back, she was having this, you know, heart attack, and I tried to help her, or I call nine one one. Right mm-hmm. there. That's why I could figure out. But that's literally, and I don't think so. I think. I mean, this is pretty, pretty good evidence of uh, Isaac's powers right here. Yeah. Even even in terms of John as well, he did kind of say something bad was going to happen to John. Right. Granted, he is always but looking for did. trouble, but he did. His daughter disappeared. Ah. Okay. I didn't say she departed, but yeah. she's gone. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She's she's no longer in their lives. Yeah. Right. So uh, here's another possibility for how Isaac could have known this. Um. It's very possible that she said, I, I ordered no, I said no walnuts because she's allergic to walnuts. And all the server did was take the salad to the back and take the walnuts out mm-hmm. rather than getting her a new salad. She could have had an allergic reaction that could have been her cause of death. That is true. Yeah, that's true. So if that's the case, then Isaac, I, I, then I would be much more. Uh, on board with Isaac knowing about this in advance. I'd be much more dubious that it's true. But but I like it better if he just knows. Yeah, I I, I like to think he just knows too. <laughs> in this case. It is it is a real slick way too. Like she's starting to like call him out. He's like walnuts. Yep. And he gets such a smug look too. He's like, yep. Checkmate. Yep. She ordered walnuts or she ordered no walnuts and she sent the salad back. But she was really nice about it. (laughs) (laughs) I do love that. But she, she wants after that. After he wins her back, she really she wants to know what her mother was about to tell her. And we don't get to see it. We have no idea what that was. But she comes out and she tells her fiance that he wasn't the real deal. So I don't know, like whether she's lying or not. I guess that's I. I'm assuming she's lying. But she doesn't uh, like the answer? I th- Right. I think that she didn't like the answer, and therefore she doesn't believe him, and therefore she thinks he's not for real. Okay, yeah. And, and her melancholy bordering on depression uh, that comes thereafter would indicate to us that she was very hopeful that he was the real deal, um, and she cannot view him as the real deal because she didn't. he didn't tell her what she wanted to hear yes so she and she's done this before she, she's seen plenty of psychics and none of them tell her what she wants to hear all terrible not telling meg what she wants to hear uh is pretty dangerous actually so <laughs> <laughs> she's uh the most what is it the most relentless, relentless person that her mother has ever met. Well, we don't know how many people her mother has met, though. 
That's true. Maybe she only knows <laughs> Megan. That's about it. <laughs> Odd relationship, but yeah, is what it is. Yeah. Oh no, we we know she remarried Elliot. We know she had a husband that died. So there, she's known three people in her whole life. <laughs> the and the server, the walnut server. Well, yeah, she doesn't know her. Yeah, that's a fair point. Talking to someone doesn't mean you know them. Yeah. Good. Good point. All right, so uh, anything else you want to say about the anything up to this point? The diner, Jarden, uh, the, the ride into Jarden, I mean, um, the psychic, anything else? Um, nothing. I, I guess uh, I'm intru- I, I liked how Isaac wasn't a palm reader in this case because she didn't want to know her future. Oh. He, was, he just took the two piece of whatever and smushed it in his hands. Disgusting. But it works. But yeah, but you're right. Uh, and I think actually she had brought that sweater. Oh that, yeah, that too. And that sweater is the same sweater that Lori uh, tries to take away from her in one of the early episodes of season one. Oh, okay. Yeah, but but the, yeah, the the chewing and spitting in the hand, like not for me. I respect it. A person in the craft. Yeah, yeah. You got to do what you got to do, I guess. But Speaking of person doing their craft, they have mm. a carrot hander outer. Oh my god. This is pretty cool. I have, I love this scene. I was like, oh wow. I knew she didn't disappear. Because <laughs> so I was thinking in my head, like, haha. <laughs> well, this is totally... Two years after the departure. I know. Wait, what? Meg said to the to uh, somebody that this was two years after the departure. Yeah, yeah, I know. Even though this is like in the past, I still t- I was gonna take this as a W that he did oh, not disappear. I see. I got. But you. I still got my W either way. So yes, you did for sure. Yeah, Meg is you know crying on a bench, and Evie comes along and offers her a baby carrot because you can't cry if you're eating a baby carrot. Why is that a saying? This is just an Eviism, I think. Oh, Eviism, okay. I mean, Evie is is very kind of free spirited. She she thinks a little differently from a lot of people. Um, you know, think about the way she was interacting with Doctor Brian Goodhart. You know, think about the the way that she you know playfully gives her father this present and says, "Don't open it until I'm gone." Which speaking of that present. Still haven't opened it. Waiting for the finale there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I think you're going to get some satisfaction in that regard. Well, and- the thing, oh, sorry. I'm just going to say the thing about that present, mm-hmm. now that I know how this episode ends, yep. and she specified, open it when I'm gone. Yep. Hmm. Just interesting. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. It definitely is. And I think there's something else that happens in this episode that you're also going to find very interesting regarding Evie and it's not in the scene. Okay. So uh, I'll point it out when we get there, but, but Evie seems as down about miracle as Meg in this scene. Does what she says, uh, no one ever finds what they're looking for. Yes. Yeah, sorry. You didn't find what you what you were looking for. No one ever does. Like she seems downright disenchanted with this place in fact evie who we know to be somewhat playful like 
says, I would like to, I'd, I'd love to tell you a joke, but I don't know any. I, and so this is when Meg tells her the broken pencil joke, which do you remember the broken pencil joke, joke from Axis Monday from the very first episode of the season? I just remembered that I just knew the answer to this knock knock joke. So I just knew I heard it before. Yeah, you heard it before in episode one when she was playing catch with John. She was pitching to John in the backyard and, and almost taking his hand off. Oh, I remember. Okay, yes. And that's what, and then she's, she pauses for a minute to tell him this joke. And this, this joke, it, I mean, it's kind of a funny joke. But when you think about the connection that it has to the guilty remnant, it takes on a much darker meaning. <laughs> the, the joke, for those of you who may not remember, was knock knock, who's there? Broken pencil, broken pencil, who? Uh, never mind, it's pointless. Okay, which is kind of the the creed, the credo of the guilty remnant, that everything is pointless now that the departure has happened. So, this this could have been when Evie told John this joke in episode one. This could have been Evie expressing uh, her inner guilty remnant outwardly uh, in preparation for what was about to happen. She's like a sleeper agent. Yeah. As per what I like to do, this reminds me of Call of Duty Black Ops 1 again. In that, <laughs> in that video game, the player, person you play as is a sleeper agent for mm-hmm. the USSR. So, anyway... Mm-hmm. Just had to make sure I could always connect the leftovers back to Call of Duty Black Ops One and Assassin's Creed. I don't know the last time I when I connect something with. Oh no! No, Assassin's... that was Lost. That was Lost. I think you're right. That's Lost. <laughs> but yes, you're right. Uh, and... <laughs> okay, go. Yes, I'm right. You don't know the game though, Mister Sam. I don't know the game, so I'm assuming you're right. I am right though. That's 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 called patronizing you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, anyway. Anyway, um, Meg is done with Miracle. She gets on the bus to leave, and she spits on the ground. She has had enough. And this is the beginning of the embitterment of Meg. She's no longer looking for answers. She's going to make her own stuff happen. I love this transition, too. It's so good, right? The, the bus transition, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, I loved the wait-in-the-water transition. But yeah, I oh. loved the transition from past to present yes because she gets on the bus the bus door closes and the next shot is a camera shot from within a bus we know it's a bus because it's bus sounds and it looks like a bus we assume it's the same bus that meg just got on but it's definitely not we are now in the present day somewhere in new york state or new jersey maybe because i think that it's kind of a cross state uh you can tell by the buses no, uh, well, we know that Mapleton is in New York State. We know that Tommy was infiltrating uh, hives, he called them, in places like New Rochelle, and there was a, which is also in New York State. And another one of the names that she gave was in New Jersey, but I don't remember Hackensack. Okay, so but that whole area got you. Yeah, so this is the New York, New Jersey area. So <laughs> that's where Meg operates out of as, as the guilty remnant now. 
so we're in, and we're now in present day because Meg's not on this bus. She's stopping the bus. The whole group of guilty remnant there. Meg steps out from behind somebody very tall and large so that she can't be seen. And we know that she is not on the bus. She is in the group that has stopped it. And she gets, I mean, they, they force their way into the bus with a crowbar. She gets on, pulls the pin on a grenade, tosses the grenade and just, just walks away, leaves and walks away. And they put the crowbar on the door. So the kids. So I, I have a complaint with this. Do you? Yeah. We'll see if you figure out my complaint. Okay. Uh, your complaint is that if she's throwing the grenade while she's on the bus, then the kids should know that it's not a real grenade. No. Okay. There's there's so many emergency exits on a bus. How oh. would not one kid think about opening? Like my first thought would be to go open, like run out the back door. Yeah, you're right. Why? Why? Like I I understand not every kid thinking about this, but there's so many kids on this bus, and you hear them screaming for so long. I guess we don't know what the other members were doing. Maybe they were blocking the emergency exits, but we didn't see anyone though going around. But that's true. Yeah, I guess they could have gone around the other side and blocked that exit. It's a possibility. It's a possibility. But, uh, but I'm ashamed of the kids. No, no one thought of the or the adults were not training them well enough. You know, you're right though, because when I was riding those on a bus, I would just get so excited about the possibility of pulling the emergency. <laughs> I remember, like, there's. There's like four window emergencies, the back, the top hatch, yep. like, I was saying not going for the top hatch, maybe that isn't popping to your head, but like the back door, certainly. Yeah. I remember, <laughs> this is terrible, when when I lived in New York City, I had to go to like a Sunday school thing, and they would pick us up on a bus, yep. and I was like super young compared to everyone on this bus, but when we, when we got there to the school, it was just like common... Like daily, not like just run in the middle thing. The kids at the back of the bus would just open the emergency exit and just hop out there. <laughs> and I, I would be like, I would be super young and I'd be like, oh, I want to do that. And like, they'd help me down because I'm super young. But, uh, I, that, that's something that, like, maybe that's why I'm so used to the emergency exit in the back because I remember going out of it a lot. But I don't know. I, I, I just think people must have think about it. Anyway. No. It's a great point, and the only defense I could possibly think of is maybe one of the other members blocked that door and, and all the other doors, for that matter. I'm, I'm only talking to the kids are terrified. They're not thinking. That's true. Ahead, but... That happened, too. Or, you know, maybe we can't see quite mm -hmm. from that angle. Like Maybe they are hopping off the back, and we just can't see that. That's a possibility. There's en there are enough possibilities that I, I don't feel too terrible about this. Um, and I we know the kids got hurt, so we're assuming that this was a fake grenade anyway. I, I do wish that I would see some kids hopping out of the bus. That would have made the scene a lot better for me. Uh, yeah, I think it would have kind of minimized the terror of it, though. That because is true. Because then you're like, oh, are they? Yeah, there's an element of terror here. This is the, the and it's it's pretty. Uh, traumatic and jarring what she does. I was waiting. Yeah, I was certainly waiting. Is, is it going to blow up? Yeah. You know, they show her doing like the movie star walk away from an explosion. Yeah, she does the smile and everything. So I'm like, is, is it going to explode? Is it? I don't, it, it didn't show it. I don't, I'm assuming it didn't. And they talk about it later. So yeah, I, I, I don't think it did. But, yeah. I don't know. 
that got to me anyway yeah again he is a different brand of guilty remnant like this this is not something the guilty remnant does yeah, she's so. not as um docile like right. passive about it she is mm-hmm. in your face she wants to not a cigarette on your eye yes yeah yes she says as much in the next scene whoa really <laughs> yeah i thought i just came up with that on my well they must have copied no, me does well, exactly. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> wormed her way into your subconscious oh yeah I, I like the way she put that though oh yeah so so the next scene is this really interesting scene that i'm really glad this is one of my favorite scenes in the episode actually i'm really glad we get this scene it's her pulling up to this really huge fancy house that's mostly empty except for this one room where there are these three women at a table who seem to be her bosses yeah yeah and they, they start with the pads and start writing, but Meg's not going to write anything. She's just talking. And so eventually, at least one of them shifts into actual vocalization of <laughs> what she wants to say. And what they say is, does not sound, it does not sound like Meg is in the good graces of guilty remnant leadership. No, I just, I just wanted to go back again about how not once do we see Meg ever write in this episode. <laughs> No, she just talks the whole time. Talk, talk, talk. I just talk to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean she she's she's just a different brand. This is this is her own thing now. It's it's it resembles the guilty remnant, but it is not the guilty remnant. Yeah, and, anyway, yeah, but you know they're they get on her case. You know we don't target children. She says why not? Nobody got hurt. <laughs> and, you know Meg wants to be violent and she says you know why do i have to sit there and, and get spat on when i could just put my cigarette out in their eye you know, she she did say that's that. a reminder yeah yeah that's a reminder that's what yeah that's right that's what she says yeah really that's what she says after that i think so she says i know i know to be this living reminder and you know yeah. stand there and just take people spitting on our faces when i could put or my cigarette out in their eye, and then you know, <laughs> I, the the implication there is that'll remind them. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, so and, and then the boss writes down, violence is weakness, and this is just almost exactly what Lori told her way back in Cairo at the end of season one. And now she's hitting GR members with her car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Here, here's another bold prediction. Okay. Season finale. Yep. Meg gets hit by Lori's car. <laughs> don't know how that happens because I don't think Lori even has her car. Besides Harden, but Lori hits yep. Meg with some sort of vehicle. If what? not Meg, at least some other guilty remnant members. Uh-huh. Lori's be like, "Don't worry, guys. I'll clear the way. I'm a pro at this." <laughs> 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 Yeah, but Meg is still not buying the violence is weakness thing. She says you're wrong, and they accuse Meg of planning her own actions on ten fourteen on October fourteenth. Yeah. So it's it, October fourteenth is coming up, and we know the guilty remnant always has some plan of something to do. In season one, they trolled. The Heroes Day in Mapleton with the giant sign, stop wasting your breath, right? Um, and, and that was as, about as far as they went. 
back then and apparently to get through it has a plan now and meg makes fun of it she's like oh yeah we've been painting our signs <laughs> but but they accuse her of planning her own thing for 10 for october 14th and they also say that she's been there's a rumor that she's been trying to buy plastic explosives which she denies but very loosely denies very yes indeed okay but they basically order her you will be in Dobbs Ferry for here, the Heroes Day celebration. And they, she, she kind of questions why they are questioning her so much. And we find out that Meg was supposed to handle Tommy. And since she didn't, he has pulled out 10 members from just the New Rochelle house by quote unquote hugging their pain away. Love to see it. <laughs> uh, any reference to Holy Wayne, you love it. Oh, not only Holy Wayne, but I'm liking Tommy a lot this season, and I'm happy to see him too. Okay, good. I'm I'm glad you like him. I'll tell you, I I think Tommy's best scene comes in season three. Uh, th- he's got that is I think fantastic. You'll hate it, but <laughs> really, yeah. Are you just saying that? No, it's a scene with Nora, so therefore. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, I might, I might, I might not like that. No, like I said, Nora's not a terrible character. She's just the upper too much, man. She's not that great. I've stopped upping her because I know that you don't like her. So listen, I'll say, I said it once, I'll say it again. Her children and her husband departed. Mm-hmm. And it upsets her whenever it brings up that anyone might depart. Okay. The end. All right. That that's all of Nora's character right now summed up. Okay. Poorly. So, <laughs> yeah, pretty poorly. Uh, so, who would you say your favorite character in the series is? I really liked Dean. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you know, distance makes the heart long or whatever. Distance makes the heart grow fonder. There you go. Yeah, that that saying that I butchered terribly. <laughs> <laughs> I got the, the idea was still there. Yeah. Uh, ah, but besides Dean, like an active character, I really like Matt. Really? I really do like Matt. I do like Kevin as well. Yeah. There's a lot of great characters. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to pick one... Yeah. Mm, see, I don't want to just say Kevin. I know. And he yeah. pops around in my mind. Maybe it's because he's had a lot of great episodes recently. It's double between Kevin and Matt, though. I really like Matt. Not Patty. I like Patty. Oh, here I liked Patty a lot in season one. Yeah. I didn't like her as much at first when she was like Ghost Patty, and I liked her a lot more. Yeah. But, you know, she had some downfalls. I kind of liked Matt all throughout. Ever since his like bottle episode, I really liked Matt. Yeah. Liked Kevin. Liked Dean. Yeah. Um, there you go. Those are my top three. Okay. Gotcha. What are you? What are your top three? You got Nora, obviously. Nora, Patty, or one and two. What? Nora, one, Patty, two. Oh, Patty, two. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, probably Kevin, three. Okay. Respectable list. Yeah. So. Patty's yeah. probably fourth. Patty's up there. Patty's quite up there. but Yeah. I, I think that the deepest moments in the series are, come from Patty. 
like I, I, you know, everything that she, you know, that whole conversation she and Kevin have in the cabin and Cairo and the, everything with Patty and the well with Kevin, uh, like the, the deepest, most emotional stuff comes from Patty. That's definitely, yeah, I, I could agree to that. And the funniest stuff comes from Patty too. <laughs> so, so how does Nora beating Patty? You haven't seen season three yet. That is true. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I love Gaston. I love Lens. I think they're amazing uh, showcases. More and, and, and Here's what I'm going to say on that, though. The more what? Patty episodes, International Assassin, Powerful Adversary, um, yeah, Cairo, there you go. I mean, these really are all Kevin episodes, not Patty. <laughs> I know, but uh, Patty's in them. Yes, she is. Oh, but I think about Patty in the diner with Lori. Oh my God, Patty's amazing. So, <laughs> but, but, you know, well, uh, you'll, we'll have to reserve judgment, but Nora is still my favorite. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think you're going to like season three very much. <laughs> anyway, and honestly, I, I could respect that. Like, I, I think season two is maybe the best season of television I've ever seen. Um, season two is better than season three. Okay. But I, I love the ending. I can see why some people would not like the ending. Although it is much more universally uh, liked than mm-hmm. Lost. Yeah. Okay. So, anyhow. We're back. We're back with Tom. We're with Tommy now, and we spend a lot of time the rest of the episode with Tommy and Meg. Yeah, we were uh, we were with Meg for a while. Like this is a, this is a big chunk of the episode we've already gotten to. Mm-hmm. But Tommy is having this hugging ceremony, and where he's telling the story of Wayne giving him his powers, and he does the classic "Who wants a hug." And people come up and they seem to be working. He seems to actually be hugging their way. You know, this is kind of a house of cards. It, it works as long as Tommy can maintain the lie. Okay? But it's, it's all about where he is mentally with it, uh, which is about to collapse. So, <laughs> and it collapses at the hands of Meg because Meg, I think, has taken to heart the fact that uh, they've called her out for not taking care of Tommy. Uh-huh. And she, t- she whispers, she goes up, right? She goes in for the hug, which is, she got the hug. She's cured. Yeah. It's pretty gutsy because yeah. What if she, what if she ends up feeling cured? I didn't think about that. When she got yeah. out for the hug, I was like, <laughs> I, I was very confident. She went, but I was like, yeah, I was like, what if Megan just gets out the hug? It's like, wow. Thank you, Tommy. And then, like, goes off back to her fiance, just like happily ever after. There, there's, we went through all this, like, build up to the Meg story up until now, and then it just gets broken right down by Tommy's hug. Yeah, that, yeah. I think that, that would be some interesting storytelling choices. I'd probably be pretty upset about that, but. <laughs> exactly. But she does not get cured. She, in fact, she whispers in his ear, I can do this for real, and then leaves which is another instance of Meg forcing intimacy onto Tommy and hoping that it sticks. 
Which it does. It does. You know, later she's going to say, when she's going to tell him that the reason that she had sex with him on the back of the truck is to get him pregnant. Yeah. Which is like, <laughs> it, it's an interesting metaphor, but I think this is another example of it. Uh, all she says is, I can do this for real. And then she walks away. And that's, that's just a, it's, it's a display of power over him. You know, he, I, I'm just going to give you this little hint, little taste, little teaser, and then I'm out of here and you're going to follow me. A crumb for total power. Yeah. Yeah. And because this does, this shakes Tommy to his core and it instigates this giant fight between Tommy and Lori in which Lori slaps Tommy, which... Yeah. It was interesting to see. Laura looks like a real jerk in this scene. Oh boy, does she! They really, they really don't give her. She does. She's definitely painted in a real bad light here. I mean, I feel bad for her when she comes to like. She obviously feels very bad for what happened with her and Tommy, but uh, she, she didn't seem all that great here. I she's probably going through her own stresses. I get that. She seemed real stressed out about Tommy missing the one other gig and all this other stuff, and she thinks you know they're really helping people out, which they may or may not be. It's up to. Yeah, but she's like, I had to give their donations back, and it like she's she has a business mindset about this. Like she she views it as philanthropic. She she views it as a, a, a service to the people who are there, but she wants to kind of bankroll it. Right. Which I think it's understandable. I, I do too. She wants to sustain it. It's not sustainable if it's all free. Yeah. But furthermore, she says if we give them to the to if we give it to them for free, they won't believe it. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, it's part of like a placebo kind of like. Yeah. The more invasive a placebo, the more likely it is to work. Like if they put you under. Yeah. And then wake you back up. You're more likely to believe like you're cured. Interesting. You're probably right. Yeah. Even if they tell you it's a placebo. Really? Mm-hmm. There's things on, like, them telling people it's a placebo. They did something with them. What? What's the... What's the... Oh, shit. The machine that scans uh, people and it, like, super strong magnet, like, can't have any metal in the room. Sorry, what? CT? MRI. MRI. Okay, MRI scan. Like, I... I think it was something they put, like, children in an MRI scan and told them it's a placebo and won't do anything for you. And they had, like, actual change in their, like... You know, like it, I didn't cure them or anything, but it made them a bit better. But this okay. gave me for some time their symptoms or whatever have you. They felt better, even though they knew it was a placebo. It's just, you know, huh. being put in this big machine. Interesting. Interesting. And you think that's what Lori's doing here? Yeah, kind of. Except she's not even telling them that. Right. You know, them. But yeah, she's definitely, you know, making them think they're going to be cured and it looks really believable and then it works. They right. believe it works. Yeah, exactly. She, she to me is very Machiavellian. Definitely, I respect it though. Yeah, she's the ends justifies the means. Like the, the I, it doesn't matter if we're lying. It doesn't matter if we're taking money. What matters is that we're getting them out of the guilty remnant. Yeah, that's 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 her, and that's a, that's a very you know cold, rational line of thought. And quite frankly, if they have to pay for my oil change, so be it. So I can run more of those guilty remnant over. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, there's definitely, it's definitely a convincing argument. 
I, I mean, I I would argue that uh, Wayne himself on his compound taking loads of money and statutorily raping young Asian women, like, is not better than the guilty remnant. Yeah, I think you could make an argument one way or the other who's better than the other. Yep. And we have. We've we've talked about this before, so I don't necessarily want to go into it more than that. But but she clearly believes that the ends justifies the means and is going to do whatever it takes to keep this happening. I'd agree with her in this case. Yeah, you, I, I know you would. I, I don't know if I would, honestly, but uh, I, I think that... Excuse me? I don't know if I would agree with her. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, I know you would, Kurt. But... We've said it before. Oh, okay. That's yeah. like, my life. No, no, no. I, I, I don't, I'm not calling you Machiavellian. Uh, although I would say if there's a spectrum of Machiavellian, you are closer to Machiavellian than I am. No, no. I think, we're, I think we both understand Machiavellianism, whether we act on it or not. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Okay. Understanding. Uh, th- that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about. You think I'd act more on it than you would? Yeah, no. no, I think you act on it more than I do. Really? We can have this argument off his pockets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll die on this hill. All right. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I take your point. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. You, you might be right. <laughs> uh, I, I might to... point things out, but I don't mean I act on them. Yeah. Uh, you, on the other hand, my sir. I think I need to reevaluate my life choices. <laughs> no. But, but anyway, to, Tommy lights into her, um, and and says that. Uh, well, what does he say that instigates him or her slapping him? Uh, let's see. She brings up. I know what it was. The Go failure ahead. of her book, and yep. also how she basically ripped apart her family. Yes, yes. He he tells her that she does this whole all this of this she does. Is because her book failed, and she's trying to assuage the guilt she has for leaving her family, and then it gets slapped in the face. So, who's right here, Lori? But you said she was being a real jerk. In this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Technically, like technically, who's right? Tommy's right. Tommy's a hundred percent in the right. Yeah, here. yeah. Technically, he's right. Though I I agree with Lori's ethos, like not ethos. Her plan but she's just so terrible about you know if she's just been nicer here we could all be square but i think the other thing that she has ignored completely is what this is doing to tommy yeah tommy it's not making him feel good i think he's feeling real guilty about this yeah you know he's you know swindling people yeah i mean he clearly is because after she slaps him he leaves and he just goes and like gets drunk and sleeps in a park. Like he, he is in a bad place emotionally right now. For for a psychologist or therapist. Yeah. She she's somehow really ignorant of how her son is feeling or maybe doesn't care. Yeah. I mean, I assuming she cares, but Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, no, I, I think that I wonder how, how difficult it is for psychologists and therapists to play that role within their family that's true for like a loved one that you're close to I or imagine. maybe already so blinded 
I like her goals and ambitions for her and Tommy. This chick that, you know, she, she's not even thinking about how Tommy's feeling. Yeah, that's that's a definite possibility too. But regardless, Tommy's in this park. He watches somebody ditch their dog, which that's pretty sad. Yeah, can can I just say, I really thought Tommy was gonna take this dog in. I was what? so calm. I even put in my notes. Well, looks like Tommy has a dog. No. Nah. <laughs> I never. <laughs> I never see the dog again. Nope. Will I ever see this dog again? Nope. What was the point? I mean, I guess. I think the the point is well, a couple of things. It's it's to show just to remind us that you know there there was that thing a whole thing with the dogs in season one. Yeah. And so that still hasn't stopped, but you know, it's another reminder of the departure. And I think we all we also really have to think about it from Tommy's perspective. You know, he sees this dog being abandoned. He knows that even people who aren't in the guilty remnant are not okay. And the and that's when he turns to the guilty remnant. He goes and tries to find Meg. He goes back to the oh my god where someone blew the whistle on him literally and he he trashes the place like he's so drunk oh yeah he's wasted and he's like aggressive and he's just throwing tables across the room and flipping them over and and the whole and the whole time he's he's calling for meg uh and he, he finally gets an, enough people's attention that Meg does come in to talk to him. Danny also gets a real like thumping. Oh yes, for sure. He's not seemed to care though. Yeah, no, I th- that's I think that part of him is thinking that he deserves it. Mm-hmm. So, but he begs Meg to be a part of this, and she she tells him, "You don't understand this. You're looking for a family." Speaking of family. Oh, yeah. If I wanted a family, I'd go to Texas. What's in Texas? Oh, turns out Meg is on her way exactly there. To Jarden itself, in fact. And Meg is, you know, Meg takes Tommy along with her. Oh, I'm sorry. We I completely forgot to mention. Or at least you didn't mention and I forgot to bring it back up. When Megan was at the meeting... With the her three like bosses or superiors or whatever have you, yeah. When they're talking about like the explosive devices, we get a quick snapshot of like miracle or whatever. You notice that? You do. Did you not notice that? When Meg like replies about the explosives, uh, you just get like a quick like like a frame or two. But if you're watching, you just clearly just see it go like like it blinks. Really? Yeah. And so I knew that this was our. At this point, I already knew that she was going to do some sort of act on Jordan or Miracle with these bombs. I had no idea. I did not notice that at all. I, yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it wasn't clear as day, but you had to go back and watch it. Then I highly recommend you go back and watch it. Check this out. Like, like a subliminal thing almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a subliminal thing. Yeah. Wow. But oh. I go back now. Now I'm worried. Like. What was some like weird glitchy thing? Because I'm very like, oh, I, that's what made me confident that she was going to go to Miracle already for this or like attack. Oh wow, interesting. 
Okay. All right. I'll take your word for it. I believe you. Uh, I, I don't have quick access to it, so I can't right. check it out right now. But but that's interesting. Wow. You watched through the series how many times, Mr. Sam? My third time through. Your eyes just aren't what they used to be. That is probably true. No. <laughs> yeah. You don't yeah. need any corrective lenses, right? I don't, but I, 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 you know that I just got the blue cut lenses, uh, so I just have zero magnification glasses that just filter out the blue computer light because I'm now that I'm teaching fully virtually, I'm literally in front of a screen the entire day. Welcome. Yes. <laughs> no thing or two about that. Yeah. So. Anyway, back back to that. Yeah, uh, but Meg takes Tommy with her. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where I want to I want to mention this because I think this is a connection to Evie. In the car, they're listening to something on the radio. It's the same song that was playing in the bathroom. Oh, uh, okay. In the first scene, I, I don't know the song unfortunately, but. Um, Meg turns the radio off and tells Tommy that her phone's It's gone. White Lines, by the way. Oh, is it? That's the name of the song, yeah. Okay. Played at the credits, right? Yes. Yeah, it's White Lines. Okay. Cool. Uh, that's the name of the song or the name of the band? The song. Okay. Like an anti-drug song, actually, I think. Is it really? I, I, I have it pulled up here because I was like, I don't like the song. I wanna, I wanna, it's by the Grandmaster... Yeah, uh, White Lines. This song, which warns against the dangers of cocaine, addiction, and drug smuggling. Wow. That's cool. Really cool. <laughs> this is an anti-drug song. Considering that the first time we hear it is when she's snorting coke. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. But she tells Tommy to hand her her phone, which is in the glove compartment. And did you happen to hear the ringtone on the phone? No. I mean, I, I don't remember what it was. It was a cricket chirping. Oh, oh my god. I remember it was a cricket chirp. I remember I was like, is there a cricket in the car? I hadn't even connected the dots, though. The cricket, John's cricket chirping. You remember the cricket? Yeah. Whatever happened to the cricket? Okay. So my theory is, because have we heard the cricket since? No. Was that Evie's phone? That's my theory. That, that it's Evie's phone, but not like her normal cell phone, like a burner phone or something that she uses strictly for contacting Meg. Interesting. Yeah, because she pre. Uh, listen, obviously her disappearance, it appears premeditated. Yes. With Evie and her friends inclusion in it. They planned it out, they did it. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. It's a cricket yeah. sound. Yeah, and Evie Evie told him in the first episode, "You're never gonna find it." <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm okay. Why? Why even have a ringtone though? And why let it play so your dad keeps looking? That's kind of torturous at that point, isn't it? Uh. Well, I think that. Part of the goal is to torture her father. Okay. You know, when you, 
when you think back to, I always think of that baseball scene where she's pitching to him and the, the aggression that she looks like she has toward her father. And I see to throw those balls very hard. Yeah. And not just throw them hard. Like she's a really good pitcher, but like she wanted to, to take his hand off. Mm-hmm. So I, I, and we know that John has a, uh, lots of violence in his past. We don't know what it was like growing up with him, although he wasn't around too much. He was in prison for six years. But I mean, attempted murder. Yeah. Didn't try hard enough. <laughs> Not to try now. Yeah. Yeah. Don't drink the water. Rest in peace. Yeah, exactly. But Meg uh, gets on the phone. We don't know what's going on on the other side of it. She just asks questions like, how many? I'm going to need to see the bridge myself <laughs> in the morning. And she tells Tommy, it's pretty effing amazing what I'm going to do. So clearly she's going to blow up the bridge. That's, I mean, when you start connecting dots, what are the dots you're connecting here? Okay. Well, I'm connecting Miracle, Plastic Explosives, Meg, the bridge. I don't know how many. Any plastic explosives? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking they're going to blow up the bridge. Okay. All right. Well, I'm not yeah. quite sure. Maybe maybe they're going to raid the city and then they'll blow something else up. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We're going to find out next episode. But Tommy wants to know why she had sex with him on that truck. She's not telling right now anyway, because she wants, she sees a honky tonk and wants to go dancing, which I've never heard anything referred to as a honky tonk, except for like the honky tonk man from professional wrestling. I I don't know. (laughs) Is that real? I I might be making it up, but I'm pretty sure it's real. (laughs) I don't really know wrestling. Like WWE? Yeah, this this would have been from, uh, like the eighties. Were you a fan of WWE? I have gone dabbled in and out of it. Yes, there was a professional wrestler named the Honky Tonk Man. I'm not surprised. Just like Elvis. Anyway, they get they go to a bar. Yes, yes. I've never heard a bar referred to as a honky tonk, but she does here. Um, and it turns out, you know, they, they exchanged stories. They were both adopted by a stepfather when they were very young, but hers left uh, a year later. Yeah. She still like happily says that. Yeah. It's how uh, good old Elliot. Yeah. Yeah. He left a year later. <laughs> More Tommy, shots, please. Yeah. Uh, Tommy asks where her mom is now and she says in space, they launched her ashes into space. <laughs> okay. Interesting. And yeah, and, and Tommy is a little confused about what's happening, and so am I, honestly. I, I don't. This is a big complaint of mine. So, the two complaints I have for this episode is your vein of it. it I want to know what happens, right? Like, I want to go back to the main story. That's why I lose this a point. But I lose the point as well for this. I called them either Tag yeah. or Memmy. Yeah. Ship it however you want, but. Not mommy. And I say that was the first thing I got. I was like, no, that doesn't work. So I had to go memmy. 
Memmy. Yeah. No, I yeah, I I do not love this scene at all. Like this this scene uh makes me first, well, first of all, it makes me uncomfortable. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I'm fine with scenes that make me uncomfortable. Um but I just don't I, I don't like these two together. I don't like that it's based mm-hmm. on a rape. Uh, I just don't see the point. Yeah. I'm... There is no point. It seems completely arbitrary. And so it's, it's not like it gives Tommy like a. If if he like started falling for Meg and then had like an undying sense of loyalty. Okay, fine. Makes a bit more sense. But he doesn't even seem to have an undying sense of loyalty towards Meg. No. So it's, I don't. I don't get it. Yeah. And Meg and doesn't go vice versa for Meg either. She's not loyal towards Tommy at all. So it's just, yeah. I don't get it. Meg point, from Meg's point of view, I see no upside in bringing Tommy with her. Exactly. I don't know why she's bringing Tommy. What is the point? What's she trying to accomplish? And he asks her, you know, what what is this? What's going on? He's confused. So am I. You know, and th- then Meg kisses him. And they dance, and it's like kind of intimate. But why? Meg just wanted her to dance. I mean, literally, that's what it seems like. And then she, she's like, "Okay, time to leave." So she, you know, leaves the bar. Well, has to go chase after him. That the reason that she had sex with him was because she wanted to get him pregnant. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know that, that I don't love that line either because like what. what what does that even mean? Pregnant with, like an obsession, an obsession for her, or what? I will say this: this scene is what made. It, I would have given it a nine if it wasn't for this scene. I, I yeah. might have given it a nine if it wasn't for this scene. And best writing is, yeah, this scene definitely like pissed me off. And I was like, what? Why? Like even the like the bar scene itself would have been okay, but just like, oh, like why are they? Kill? Like I just don't. Yeah, yeah. We, I, we we have the similar complaints here. Yeah, I I I don't get it. I, to me. It's like, all right, what was the point of having sex with him in the first place? Second of all, what is the point of bringing him on this trip? And, and thirdly, like, what are you trying to get out of him now? Like, are you just assuming that he's going to become obsessed with you? I mean, that's a lot of sexual confidence. If, if, <laughs> if, if you are assuming that that one time having sex with him on that truck, raping him on that truck. If you're assuming that he becomes that obsessed with you because of that instance, that's a ton of sexual concept of confidence. So <laughs> I, I, and we haven't seen that any place else from her. She hasn't used her sexuality in a single other instance in the whole series. I, I really don't. I, I, I don't know why, she decided to bring Tom with her to Miracle. But I also haven't seen this series. Like, I don't know if there's a reason behind this. So, I was, okay, I'll, I'll leave that be. Plus, I don't really mind. Like, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see him part of this finale. I mean, I think it's literally a plot device to get him to Miracle. Yeah. Because I, I don't see any other reason. And this is one of my biggest complaints with the episode and why it's my least favorite episode of the series is that I don't know why any of this is happening. So I, I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, I give the Tommy thing a token because I also want him in Miracle, but I, I completely understand. I don't know why they're bringing him to Miracle. I like him in Miracle, I, and I and I like what he has to do in the next episode. But, 
but I don't, I don't, under, I don't understand this. The methodology definitely. That's certainly where the ends justify the means. Yeah, I guess that's what this. So is. some of, some of the means are a bit weird, <laughs> and in the process, you lost a point. Though. Yeah. 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 Anyway, they leave the honky tonk, and then it's the next morning, and they're at some compound. We don't know where it is or what it is, but it seems like everybody here is guilty remnant, except they're all wearing plain clothes. I saw. I like that. We're getting the MGR Meg's guilty remnant. Yes, yes. And from this point forward, I love the episode. Yeah, this this is good stuff from now, from now on, but. The, the situation, they have a situation, and the situation is that somebody got on the property and they think that this this guy saw, in quotes, like, we don't know what. Saw some, well, whatever was in the barn. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And one of them suggests we could just keep him here until the tomorrow because it won't matter after that. Very reasonable. Very reasonable. Very, very amenable. I'm sure that guy would be like, fine. Says, oh, yeah. you don't hurt me. I'll take it another day. Yeah. This so, guy seems to be fine with that. But Meg wants to stone him instead, and she's in charge, apparently. A, re- a reasonable request. The stoning? Yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> no, no, there's no way you could justify that. Yeah, this is just... a clear cut answer. Listen. Yeah. Here's how you could justify it, okay? Mm-hmm. They're running low on food. <laughs> And water. But they're not, but okay. <laughs> that's that's the only circumstance I can see the wanting to keep this, like, stoning him. I, I, really, I don't see the point in stoning him, other than just being brutal. And that's just what it is. It's it's Meg's F you that violence is weak. Like, Me- that's just what it is. It's, it's Meg's, Meg is the complete polar opposite of violence is weak. Violence is everything to Meg. Yeah. So she orders him to be stoned. And then she ditches Tommy. And she, Tommy's like, what, what am I supposed to do now? And she said, you wanted to come here. You're here. And now we're done. Which I kind of like in this scene, in this moment. But it makes me like the previous scene even less. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, why did you do the last scene? Oh, I would have been okay with that if Megan somehow used Tom following her yes. or something. But now, yeah, just like, no, now we're done. Got you here. Why don't you make yourself useful? And then, like, she gives him, like, a stone. Oh, yeah, that's Like, cool. by handing him the stone, now now she's got him in. Yeah. It's gross. Ugh. Yeah. But she, she takes off to go do something in the barn. We don't know what it is yet. Uh, but... Tommy is looking very interestedly at this barn, wondering what's inside, we assume. Um, and there's another woman comes over to him and asks him about Meg, and she tells him she's going to change everything. Yeah, so the MGR seemed to dig Meg. Oh, boy, do they. Yeah, I mean, I mean you'd have to. I mean, she is this offshoot. Like, without her... There is no offshoot. So they, they don't leave. They leave to follow her. I guess they don't leave at all. They're still technically Guilty Remnant, I guess. Yeah, there's part of her branch of Guilty Remnant. Yep. I guess, I mean, they're all defying Guilty Remnant rules. They're, not, they're supposed to be 
prepping for whatever it's supposed to be doing in New York or God. I forgot the village name, but uh New Rochelle. There. No, no, they they had a specific name that was like that it started with a D, I thought. Oh, like the village. Dodge Ferry. Dodge Ferry, there you go, yeah, it's Dodge Ferry. Yeah. Maybe that's in Texas, but I don't know. No, that's that's not. <laughs> yeah, okay, so there you go. So Yeah. So Meg though goes out to the encampment to check out the bridge. She told us on the phone that she was gonna be checking out the bridge. She goes to Party City, yep. Yeah. What? The party city? Yeah. Tent city, party yeah. city. Encampment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. But this this leads us to what I think is the best scene in this episode. Oh, I'm so happy. I love seeing Matt. I know. It's your boy, Matt. And it's, it's, it's so good. He is so good. And Meg is so good in this scene. The two of them together are just dynamite. It's, it's <laughs> sparks flying on screen. I love it. Uh, and because he recognizes her and they, they start chatting, you know, they're sitting at the table drinking iced tea or whatever it is that they're drinking. And she tells Matt that she left the guilty remnant. So uh, either she's trying to just cover it up or maybe she actually considers herself having left the guilty remnant. Yeah. I didn't know which one it was. Uh, I think, I think that could be a half truth kind of. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think she, she uses it for access to things, but she doesn't consider herself guilty remnant anymore. But she says they're both here because it's safe. And somewhere the guilty remnant would not work, which that is an interesting tidbit. That, I, I think it gets even more interesting. Oh boy, does it. Yeah. <laughs> because... Matt calls her out on it and says, no, I, I, don't, I don't believe you. And he reminds her that today is the anniversary. Oh, okay. I, I will say before. Yeah, go ahead. Before, well, during that spiel, she talks about how it's hard to recruit people in Jordan because they're not in the pain like rest of, like the rest of us. Yes. Like that to me was like the big smoking gun of like, yeah, you know, this, it's hard for the guilty remnant to recruit them because they're just not in pain. Yeah. And yeah. uh, this is the end. This is where like the music gets all dreary, and Meg or Matt doesn't start to believe Meg. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I love just Matt's whole demeanor changes now. Yeah, he's like he's not as hospitable. He's like, hmm. well, no. He reminds her that today is the anniversary, and she she says, no, that's tomorrow. But he wasn't talking about the departure. He was talking about the anniversary of her mother's death today is october 13th and then he reminds her of the whole story from mapleton about what he did about the flyers and the beating that he took and the hijacking of the grief and she says i I forgot about that and matt just puts the cigarette out in her eye and says that i apologize for being your living reminder got him (laughs) Oh, this guy. When the guilty remnant needs a guilty remnant. Oh. oh, what a guy. What a guy. But then Meg turns the tables right back on him. What are you waiting for? I... <laughs> this is getting pretty extreme. I know. What are you waiting for? And he's, he doesn't even know what she's talking about. Oh, and... You're so close. Yep. You want it. You're not doing anything to get it. Ah. And then I'll tell you what you're waiting for. You're waiting for me. 
and and Matt is just he's out. He doesn't understand what's going on at this point. And I mean, you you're thinking is she's going to blow up the bridge. I'm pretty confident she's going to blow up the bridge. If not that, she's going to storm Jarden. Okay, if she does, if she blows up the bridge, how do people get in? I I feel like you could well through Elmer's drain pipe. I feel like you can blow up the bridge and blow up things such that you can still get in. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe they made a siege device. Oh. Like a siege tower thing, like they just lay or lay out like a big bridge, wooden thing, and then you can just climb right up. Like it's a big ramp they have. That could be. <laughs> I, I don't think they have a siege tower. Just a ladder, too, would probably work, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be super fancy now that I think about it. Just get a bunch of ladders, post yep. them right up, climb up. Fair point. This this is my favorite scene in the episode. I love this. I, I love it because we, I love seeing Matt transform from, you know, someone who's trying to minister to a broken person to, you know what, F you, actually. Yeah, never, never mind. You don't need no ministering. Yeah. You know, and then Meg trying to, starting out, trying to kind of keep up appearances to, you know what, forget the pretenses. This is me. Yeah. I, I love this scene. It's so good. It's a very good scene. Yeah. And and it and it's so intriguing because I mean it, it's it sets up the next episode so beautifully. I love this scene. It's so good. Anyway, Tommy sneaks into the barn somehow unguarded. Yes, this this was another big gripe of mine. I didn't dock any points for this, but <laughs> I got I, I was going to bring this up. Yeah. First of all, he's in a lodge with, like, at least 30 other people, probably more, right? Odds of all 30 people being asleep, no way in hell. Yep. <laughs> okay, you put a group of, like, six people together in a room, one's going to be awake at any given time. Like, you put 30 people? Nah. Constantly people are going to be going to the bathroom. Like, just, people could be up. Seriously. Okay. I'll give you this. Maybe they were all working real hard the other day, stoning the guy, and they're just all real tired. They're asleep. Fine. The big spooky barn that you had to stone a guy over because he possibly could have seen it. You got no one on watch. Like, if someone was going to come to look at your barn, they'd come at night, probably, right? Like, that's when. You know? Yeah. Just. Unless they wanted Tommy to see what's in. I mean, that's when you know you've got a great cult going, I guess, though, that it, it runs such like clockwork. That you know you don't have to be guarding anything until it goes wrong like this. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Because Tommy sneaks in there un- unencumbered. He, like, he, he's just in. I'm just, if he had to, like, if he had to take out one guy, like one movie style takeout, he comes up behind him, chokes yeah. him out, and then, you know, that, that would do it for me. That would yeah. completely appease me. I'd be okay with that, too. But he, he no, nah, there's just nothing. Nothing. Doors, doors unlocked. Then a door is locked. <laughs> then, yeah, then the, there's a trailer inside, and that door is locked. Uh, but it opens from the inside, and there we see Evie and the girls. And Tommy asks, who are you? We forget. Tommy doesn't know these girls at all. Yeah. It's shocking to us. It's not shocking to Tommy. He's just confused. They write back, it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's the end of the episode. Great ending to set up a finale and really 
does a it's such a good setup episode. I'm I'm very happy to see the finale. Or not finale, the final scene of this episode. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Just all my all my I'll be honest, Mr. Sal, I was wavering at some times. Sometimes I was just believing without any real reason to believe. Yeah. I told you, you know, I I didn't know I really don't see a foreseeable way on how they disappeared, but or how they like would have been kidnapped or would still be alive and not departed, but I really don't think they got departed and finally. Validation. It feels great. It feels great. I'm gonna have to admit it. I bet it does. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. And and really like I mean just what it does for the next episode is perfect. I'm expecting a lot in this next episode. You're I mean, there's so there's so much that can happen in the next episode. Uh, no. I went over to, I went over to, at the beginning of this episode, just so many storylines to be hit on. Character by character. Kevin just came back from the dead. Kevin came back from the dead. John probably knows by now that Kevin did it, and if not, has the capacity to learn that Kevin Kevin's palm print is the one on Evie's exactly. door. Michael um, just Kevin coming back from the dead. Yeah. Uh, Nora... Is still we we didn't see her return. We she that. might probably will, but we don't even know where she is for that matter. There you go. Yeah, uh, with Mary, but, with the baby, Jill right. and Lori are together in the house. Yeah, the last song. We don't know what happened between them. There's, they're they're together, and 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 that's really awkward. It's very <laughs> awkward because Jill thinks Lori and Kevin are probably having some sort of affair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Erica was a was. The, Considering leaving John until Evie disappeared, and now she's worried about her girl. Evie's a uh, well, maybe it's somewhat shocking not for me, but Evie's alive. Yep. <laughs> Meg's got a plan to possibly blow up a bridge. Tommy is intertangled in it somehow, unwittingly, and well, without... he's there to help Matt get back in. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I said when that. They, when they, yeah. And Matt I... still chilling at Party City. Yes, yes, yes. Wanting to get back into Miracle to be with his pregnant um, vegetative state wife. And Isaac looks on. <laughs> he's, the, he's the kingmaker in all this, I like to think. Okay. He's been playing his cards right. I, I'm excited for the finale. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I want to make any other predictions. Um... I guess I want to see if I can predict a character death. Oh. I don't know if someone actually really dies, though. Um, eh. We'll to it. We'll say, um... John. John dies? Yeah, John dies. Okay. Nah, but he's probably going to just meet Evie, and then, uh... I think John's going to try to kill Kevin. Okay. Yeah. And then... Something will happen. That's... Cough, cough, Evie. Cough, yeah. Got All right. Well, we'll see. I'm very excited to, to watch the season finale. Uh, and then the week after that, I guess we'll do our season two ranking episode, right? Yep, the recap. Ooh. Top five, bottom five. Well, all ten episodes ranked. Rapid fire. Our two-minute rapid fire. Yep. Uh, trying to think. 
Don't change that format at all. I'm fine with that. I liked that format. I thought it was fun. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny trying to figure out how long two minutes has been. Yeah. You're like yeah. a pro at it. Oh, I remember the first one. The first, your very first go, you got it like right on the dot. Yep. <laughs> Which is really intimidating. The last one. First and last one. Oh, yeah. Your first and last ones are spot on. It's a hard act to follow. Yes. I usually am. Oh, but... yes. <laughs> much like this episode, last episode. Much like, yes, much like International Assassin, tough act to follow. And uh, to be honest with you, I like the choice to put this episode here because I think this episode, uh, I mean, I don't think I would have ranked it higher than an, I mean, on my scale of nine anyway. <laughs> like this was never going to be my favorite episode for sure. Yeah. So, so put it here where I don't feel like I'm like it, it got the shaft by following up international assassin yeah definitely you don't put that the finale behind international assassin right i would not have wanted international. this could have been a good finale this i would have been so <laughs> mad i always like to wonder like what two episodes could you swap that would re- like just just make a series infinitesimally worse two episodes right next to each other too <laughs> not just two episodes anywhere in a series oh th- this one an international assassin easily probably would be really bad uh think, think about that for other tv shows i'm about- thinking about it oh if we had if that had happened if they switched this one and international assassin which they could have done by the way they definitely could have okay they, they this this episode could have gone almost anywhere yeah, basically, uh, anytime after Lori arrives. Not even, actually, because Lori can arrive looking for... Uh, as long as Matt's in Party City. I, I mean, I'm gonna, I'll be honest. I think anytime after Off-Ramp. Yeah. So, after Episode 3, this could... Oh, yeah, Matt needs to be there, too. So, so Episode 4 was that, Matt? Episode 5. 5, so, okay, so anytime after Episode 5, this could have happened. Absolutely, and so, but if if we flip this one in International Assassin, then the last thing we would have gotten in Episode Seven was Kevin drinking the poison, collapsing, <laughs> blowing his brains out, and Michael dragging Kevin's body out of the door. Okay, and then we would have gotten this, and I would have been so mad. <laughs> First of all. I well, I think that's true. That would have angered you for International Assassin. I think we'll make the series. Maybe even worse is if you swap this with the finale. Just because this oh, leads yeah. up to the finale. <laughs> so you'd have the finale. And then it's, after you had this, whatever finale you've had, right, which, which could have been better if you had the build-up. Then you get the build-up after the finale. Yeah. That, yeah. That, this would have been a flashback episode then. <laughs> it would have been, but as the finale, yeah. and not a very good one. Cause, no. oh, that would have been terrible. Yeah, I think I think that would be even worse. Well, I haven't seen the finale, obviously. Yeah, just a fun thought experiment to do. Think think of like some of your favorite series or whichever series you know you've watched and mm-hmm. swap two two episodes next to each other. What two could be swapped that would just make it way worse? <laughs> oh man. Well, yeah. Well, anyway, I think that's all I have to say about this episode. Anything you want to add? Uh, someone someone check up on that subliminal message. Which it wasn't like in my own head, and I, I yeah. saw Jordan. Okay, all right. What part of Jordan did you see? I can't remember. It was just like the sandy part. I'm gonna go back and look at it like right after. Okay, sounds good.
Well, folks, we hope that you enjoyed uh, this episode and we hope that, that you're as excited about the finale as we are. Uh, we'll, we're looking forward to talking about it next week and we will see you then. Thanks for listening.